Ask the Podcast Coach for November 18th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. We're back after yet another short hiatus. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And joining me right over there from the averageguy.tv is the one and only Jim Cullison. How's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. So good to be back. It feels like it's been months, and yeah. I think it has been. I snuck one in there uh, in between the program at, uh, at Gallup, but man, it's good to be back on a Saturday morning. We're glad the chat room is rocking already, and uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, speaking of the chat room, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We'll take you right there, and I have to be careful now so that the video doesn't start. Okay, it doesn't good. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, feel free to come over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And since Jason Bryant is in the uh, the chat room, Jason, I was drinking my Airborne this morning out of my uh, Matt Talk Online cup. Everything tastes better out of a Matt Talk Online cup. So uh, thank you for that. Um, but uh, it, Merchandise, it, Dave. Merchandise. That's, that's it. Swag. You know, we did T-shirts finally over at Home Gadget Geeks. I don't know if I talked about that in the uh-huh. last show, but Addy helped me put together a T-shirt store on Amazon. Now, how long did it, that take to get approved uh, and all that? A, a couple of days. It wasn't. It wasn't. She's done a lot of the work in advance. I just l- let me be honest. I just hired a consultant. I just hired Addy. There you go. And said, "Go. I, I don't want to make any money off this because I'm not. I, you know, right? Go make T-shirts for me. You can keep everything that you make." And so she set it up for me and got it rolling. And if you go to the average guy.tv slash shirt, that will take you to our, to the, the story of five different options or five different colors, a whole bunch of different sizes. Um, it's slick. We sold, I don't know. We sold probably 10 of them in the first week and, nice. and I haven't asked for a sales report since, but um, it, it doing t-shirts or that kind of swag. The one huge drawback is I have a bunch of Canadian listeners and it doesn't work in Canada. It was oh. so frustrating. So, you know, one of those things, um, I don't know how to get around it, but but swag definitely, a lot of the very engaged listeners at, at Home Gadget Geeks uh, snatched those up. In fact, Emily, who's typically out here, she's out here this morning, doesn't look like she is yet, but Emily was the very first one to get it, wear it take a picture of it, post it to Twitter and to Facebook. And that's great advertising, right? I mean, for a podcaster, when you get your listeners to do that. Now, Emily's really special because she's a podcaster, so she understands that. But quickly behind that were two just regular listeners who saw that. Then they wanted to participate in it, right? So they got their shirts on and took pictures. And so they started showing up all over the place. It was pretty cool. So if you haven't, if you're a podcaster and you haven't thought about swag, that's a way to do it. Swag can be expensive, Dave. I mean, yeah. in most cases, this in this t-shirt case, I literally put up no money. They just print them and they do a nice job. They're actually nice shirts. I should be wearing them this morning. That's that's a huge, <laughs> huge fail on my part. But um, uh, you with the shirt idea with Amazon, you put up nothing. So for podcasters who don't want to spend any money on their hobby, so to speak, we hear this all the time. I don't spend any money, but I want to be a podcaster. Um, it's a great way to get it done, but things like the, like the glass that you just showed, oftentimes you have to have those, yeah, produced in advance. Um, so, um, do you know what a shirt runs you? Well, the retail is 1799. I think the, the cost of them is like 12. I want to say, so there's a $5, there's like a $5 profit in there. Addie told me at first she said 1799 and I kind of thought, Hmm, that seems a little expensive for a t-shirt. 17. She says, that's a, that's the sweet spot. A lot of people that's, if it's 20 or more, people kind of go 20 bucks for a t-shirt. Really? But, but, um, you could go 15. Now you set the price. It just depends on what you want to make. Yeah. So, you know, it's a better deal. I, I know cafe press and, all the other 8 million places that do kind of one-offs, it's usually like 17 bucks and you make a buck, you know, cause they're, but obviously with Amazon, they've got a better deal somewhere. That's yeah. It works out pretty, it works out pretty well. If Addie is super helpful, by the way, on, um, on this process, she offered to walk me kind of through it. And I just said, would you just do it and be yeah. my distributor? And she said, yes, which 
man, how great for me. And again, I'm, I'm in a situation, I want the advertising, but I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to report the taxes. I don't want to, I just spent three hours more than that. I spent five hours the other night fixing my taxes from both 2015 and 2016 because I had misreported some of the self-employment income. And I got a nice little note from the IRS that said, hey, we don't think we calc- you calculated this right. You owe us some money. So I immediately sent them a check. And then I redid my taxes. And actually, they were wrong. So I mm. filled out a 1040X and submitted that uh, back to them. And I'm waiting to hear back. But it can be, um, for me, Dave, it was just one of those situations where it's like, I don't, I just don't want to deal with the tax implications of this. And Addie was more than willing to kind of take it on for me. So what a great partnership for me to have with her in that she's good at it. She does it. We talk about strengths-based stuff. This is at, this is using Addie for what she's really good at. She was really good at the process. And I just didn't want to mess with it. See, and this might be something now that she turns around and says, hey, that worked for Jim, you know, and then fires up yeah. podcast well, hey, t-shirts, whatever.com or podcast swag. I think I own podcasting t-shirts, but uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, cause that's how it happens a lot of times you just, you stumble across something and you didn't know people needed this. And then you go, Hey, uh, anybody else need this? And people go, I would do that. And yeah. And off you go. No, it's a great, it's a great partnership. And I think it's, you know, when we think about show notes and when we think about, you know, hiring people to do editing, those kinds of things. It's really getting the motivations in the right place. And so that the people who are doing it are somehow being incentive or motivated in the right way, um, whether you're paying them or whether it's a swap in services so that you're, right. you're, you know, you're getting that value. For me, it's a huge value to have that channel in place to just do it. Well, we're going to create, you know, we're going to do a t-shirt for this year. And then at the end of the year, it will be no longer available. And that shirt won't exist anymore. Ooh. So it's like, Hey, get the first edition. This That's is right. it. You're not going to we learned this with our high school students at Gallup. They, we started making t-shirts for them for the sessions they were in. And we put the year there, you know, so it'd be like Gallup, get hip. And then the logo and then below it, it would say, you know, 2015. Well, what we found is the students who were a part of the program back in 20, 2014, when we started it, were wearing those 2014 shirts to be like, look at me. Right. I'm OG. And, yeah. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, the value of those T-shirts started going up. And then we started seeing the kids who were getting the new ones, wearing them all the time as part of, the, well, okay, this is all I've got. So, you know. Um, but I'm I think in the you program. Can, yeah. I'm in the program. Right. No, no. I think you can someday those 2017 shirts will be worth right. you know, some kind of collateral. I think you can do that with your podcast gear too, where don't, don't just do the logo. Maybe just do the logo for the first one like I did. And then each successive one adds something to it that marks it as a point in time. And because the older ones will be valuable and people will hold on to those things. Um, you know, like you said, the OG. They'll hold on to those things. So make sure you mark them in some way or have some kind of marketing on them to, to let people know the point in time. Yeah, I have a, uh, a podcast movement 2014 shirt that I almost don't wear because it's like, ooh, this is, this is like the OG shirt of this. Uh, I have a Entrepreneur on Fire t-shirt that John Lee Dumas gave me uh, himself and said, take care of this one because it actually says Entrepreneur on it. He goes, there aren't many of these left. He goes, you have a collector's item. I'm like, all right, that goes in the back of the closet. Uh, so, uh, that well, it's that scarcity, right? That's yeah. this idea of scarcity and you never know. And sometimes it's not always going to work. I think no. uh, Harry Durant's, uh, uh, his podcast junkie shirts could have that potential as well. Cause he brings them to a podcast movement every year and hands them out. There could be some versioning of those that would add this weird, you know, I've got a, I have an old windows 95, uh, license key and nice. book, right. Sitting on the shelf. And why do I have that? Because it's does, it's rare now and, uh, it's not necessarily for the money, but that those, the longer you're podcasting, the longer people you'll have these opportunities for people to kind of associate with you and have those things. So uh, that's one of those ideas we're going to do at the end of the year, it cuts off. I'll create a new one for the spring and say, hey, this is our spring shirt. Then we have a meetup coming up in the fall. We'll create just a meetup shirt that only can, you can only get it if you come to the meetup. But this Amazon, uh, purchasing these on Amazon allow me to do these very specialized shirts and not worry about the price and having to buy, you know, a hundred of them to get them at a good price. 
So it's, it's worked out pretty well. Now are you going to have your audience pick the design for next year? Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought all the way through that Dave. That's a good idea. Yeah, get them involved. Yeah. Yeah. In the spring, maybe I'll do a 2018 shirt right off the bat, like January one, here's the new 2018 shirt. And then we also kick off a contest for the first quarter to pick it, to, to pick a, uh, you know, the logo, whatever. And that winner that goes on a shirt starting in April and that would be April, May, June. Right. And then we start thinking about the conference at that right. point, or we start thinking about the meetup or a summer shirt, whatever. So, you know, I don't know what the right cadence is, is four shirts a year too many. Is it, should it be two, you know, what should you offer? I don't know. That's See, a good question. The nice thing about it is using Amazon. The only thing it costs you is the time to make the t-shirt logo. It's not like, Oh, right. we've got 18, you know, thousand shirts. What are we going to do with these? Um, no, it, it, it really solves your inventory problem. And uh, so, and, and I have to mention Mike Murphy too. Mike Murphy, a good friend of the show. He, uh, Addie had, was having a little trouble with one of my logos and she sent it over to Mike. And in five minutes he had it fixed and sent it back. And uh, I need to, I still need to get a t-shirt sent his way for that. But it was great. Uh, great to have the community involved in that. Very cool. Well, we're talking about, you know, how Addie may have found something that, that could solve a problem. Um, I don't know if you got contacted by this person. I forget his name, uh, but it was a a thing called soundpage.fm. Did he contact you by any chance? Uh, hold on, Dave. I'm I'm losing you one second here. Let's see. Are, is my video locked up on your end? It was a little bit. You're, you seem to be back. Okay. I'm shutting some things off there. Okay. I, I am locked up on this side. Sorry, ask me that question again. Uh, have you heard of soundpage.fm? This is a guy that wants to make a website based on your RSS feed. And, no. and I told him and I, I went and looked at it and, and played with it for all of about 10 seconds. Uh, and it's interesting, but it creates a very basic website. And he's like, yeah, this way a podcaster can put in their RSS feed and get a website. And I was like, okay, but, there's a problem here. And I go, it's, it's creating a very basic website and anybody that has an RSS feed, unless they're from 2004 and they're using feed for all and they don't have a website, they already have one. I mean, uh, blueberry has, has PowerPress sites. That's a very basic website, but it's a, a place where you can listen and subscribe. Libsyn has a very basic website that lets you listen and subscribe. You know, Podbean actually has a decent web. Most of these Podcast media hosts, um, aside from Spreaker, Spreaker's website is a little, it's okay. Again, you can listen and subscribe. Uh, but it was kind of like they're solving a problem that doesn't exist. Like here, all you podcasters who need a basic website, I found a solution for you. And I was like, but nobody's that I know of is doing that. And so well, but you, you might have some, Dan, you mentioned SoundCloud users. You might have a oh, bunch of. Like you might have a bunch of podcasters who are now creating the content, but the site, we hear this all the time on WordPress, right? Like WordPress is too hard for most people. They're like, I don't want to deal with security. I don't want, even though it's supposed to be easy right? Uh, because of the infinite configurations that are available to it. Uh, it's hard now. Um, you know, you got to have, you have to have a little bit of skill going in, get it set up, hosted, all those things. Um, there's some, there's some pieces to that. You know, maybe there's some folks here who just want to, I'd be interested, you know, who, who just want to say like, hey, I don't want to mess with this, but I, I recognize that I need a site. And uh, so I'm assuming you put your RSS feed in, it's going to crank out its own soundpage.fm slash whatever username, right? And I assume it's going to do that. You guys create, Lipson creates a basic site, right? When yeah, you, you, that's what I said. Almost same every, idea, right? yeah, every media host will you know, pretty much do this for you. So I was kind of like, I'm not quite sure what he's looking at or what his research was. Um, I'm going to actually go ahead and, and throw in my feed here. Just probably a, you know, probably a web developer who thought, well, you know, let's just see. I, you can't, um, you can't blame him for trying to say, Hey, you know, maybe there'll be some, there will be some people who, Want to create a community? It'd be great if there's maybe some community involvement uh, yeah. in this. But pricing is free. Just you can put your RSS feed in. I wonder what would happen. So let's think through this. I'm kind of thinking through this live. But so you take your RSS feed and you give it to them for the free plan. 
and you from then on it's going to be updated automatically will that have any ramifications for your rss feed or for your seo yeah so i went over and through my rss feed for the school of podcasting so at the top it has my my artwork there's an episodes uh link there's an about page which when i click on it has my from my description and then a subscribe button which gives me my rss which is not super helpful um it's very basic, but it gives me my titles and, and a brief description. Um, so it is what yeah. it is. Who would you have an RSS feed from and not have a site? That's when I was like, that's, and that's where, when Daniel said SoundCloud, I was like. But do they get an RSS feed at SoundCloud? You do. It's, you, you, have, do? Okay. you have to dig really, really deep for it. Um, but it's in there somewhere. So that's. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a small audience because. If you're on WordPress already, you got your RSS feed. If you're in Lipson or Blueberry or Spreaker, they have RSS feeds available. Yeah, I don't and, know. And that's what I thought, you know, maybe if it's somebody who, God forbid, is hand coding their feed, you know. Yeah, uh, like 0.001% of the population. Yeah. Um, anybody who could do that has already moved on. The What's the, so what's the uh, URL, Dave, for it your is, site? Um, let's see. What is it? That's a good question soundpage.fm slash school of podcasting, learn to podcast, start and grow your podcast. Yeah. Cause it just pulled that title. Yeah. Right. Right out. And then created the, wow, that's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. So that's, uh, that, that, uh, they, they don't give you the option to, <laughs> they don't, yeah, oops. Yeah. They don't give you the option to change that on setup. Do you remember? Um, no, it's just, you put in your RSS feed and go click a button and it's like, here's your site. Now it's saying, if you like it, it's yours. Once you sign up, you can edit a few things. So maybe that's what I can edit. Oh, um, but I could here, let's claim my site. Okay. Um, see, now I'm going to give it my email address and now the fun. Begins. No, no, you don't, don't show it. You don't have to show it. Just, just go in there and, right. and, set it up and we can report back on it. Um, the pro plan while you're doing that, Dave, the pro plan, $15 a month gives you analytics. So site analytics, I would imagine data via the API. So what exactly that means. I don't know. I haven't dug into that yet. And then design customization. So you get some abilities to go in and right. update that day. So I think that's where you're probably going to see that. All right. So I have the ability. Wow. That's why I'm not doing that. Don't know why it's doing that, but I see where it's blinking. Like, yeah, it's blinking a little bit. Um, I can choose a color. I can change the RSS feed. I can add my iTunes and <clears throat> Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and that's it in terms of, and I, if I wanted to, apparently I could edit. I don't know there. Um, I can upload a banner. Apparently there's probably an option in there to change the URL. I imagine as well. So yeah. you could do, you could put your own, the, re, the, uh, that there's your feed RL, uh, URL. Yeah, but that's what it's there. basing it on. It's hard to see on the screen. Yeah. No. But for 15 bucks though, again, you could buy, you know, um, you could get a Squarespace site. You can do a whole bunch of stuff that would give you a whole lot more flexibility, but it's interesting. Go back up to the, go back up to the top for me. Yeah. All, all you have Probably is one of those. Here's what it's based your RSS on your iTunes link, Facebook, Twitter, oh, Instagram. You. And of course, no Android options because apparently nobody on Android listens to podcasts. <laughs> and that's where I say, I think they would, if we actually gave them an option, maybe it's kind of weird that, um, but what's weird with Google Hangouts is they're now giving me two options to stop my screen share, which is kind of odd. So, but I just saw that and was like, well, that's interesting. I'm just not sure. And there was a guy at DC PodFest that was an entrepreneur developer guy. And it was funny because at one point, like it's over. It's Saturday night. We're all sitting around eating pancakes, literally, and um, just chilling out. And this guy comes over and just starts playing like not 20 questions. It was like 60 questions. And after about the fifth one, Jessica Kufferman, I love her. She's sitting next to me and she goes, are you recording this? Because it really sounded like an interview. And it was stuff like, like, where do you think podcasting is going? And I'm like, up, uh, you know, what do you think are the biggest hurdles? You know, why did you get into podcasting? And it was just kind of, but I could tell he was looking for, and he even said like, what do podcasters need? And I'm like, 
a bigger audience is pretty much what we all want. I said, and that would be easy if Google would just come up with their own app that might make things a little easier. I said, so developing a, an Android app would be awesome. I said, but it's not that we, we don't have those. There are plenty of them. There's pocket casts and all these other ones. I said, we just need something on the Google platform that people don't have to download and install. I said, that might help things a little bit, but uh, it was kind of interesting because you could just tell he was dying to like, I know there's something here to fix and I, I'm a coder and I'm like, uh, you know, I can't figure it out. And that's, um, I was just watching something on Apple and they said, that's kind of what Apple did for years is they were great at finding things that people didn't have and they didn't know they wanted it yet. Like, you know, nobody, nobody said, I wish I could have all my music on a device that I could put in my pocket. Nobody said that until they came out with an iPod and said, look, you can have every song you own in your pocket. And they went, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. You know, so they were good at at doing that. And I'm not sure anybody in podcasting has really come up with that. Here's something, you know, or if if they do, they don't know. I I don't know that the average podcaster is willing to pay, you know, well, that's the thing you you hit the key right there that the average podcaster is willing to pay. I am seeing more and more and more resistance to, to anything value in anything. It's a free, I want a free, I want a now, you know, I don't really want to mess with this, but I want all the, I want all the, you know, I want, basically I want a business. I want a turnkey that I put no money into and money just flows out the back end. And it, it's just not really, it's just not really that way. So we talk about that a lot. That's kind of been, I, I think that's kind of been the theme of the last six months to a year among podcasters that are podcasting is this whole idea of monetization. And there is the, the, there has been, I think, a huge effort over the last year to find that what is the monetization key that actually works. And, you know, we've done we've done pre-post and mid dynamic ad insertions. We've had all these different ideas, and I still don't think any of them have actually really caught on. You know, Spreaker and Blog Talks merger is really all about the technology to get advertising working, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them were coming at advertising from different angles. And they both, Block Talk Radio's got a huge customer base that basically doesn't know how to do anything, right? They are, they're, right? They just come and they call or they, they don't, they don't, they don't. Spreaker, on the other hand, has a very sophisticated user base and they've got some great tools, but they don't have all those connectivity tools and some of the advertising tools that Block Talk Radio had. And so, you know, that merger really is about advertising. Yeah. And um, so we, we've got some, I think, the next thing, the winner. Whoever's going to win at podcasting will be that the the person who figures out this advertising stuff, and it, and it's never about the ads themselves. It's always who figures. It's the picks. It's you know it's the picks and shovels and blue jeans for right. miners, right? That's who makes the money, right? Levi's is the only company to come out of that era and and make it big, and they sold blue jeans, right? And so. The, the company that figures out how to do this advertising for podcasters and make it work. Dave, it's still a mess. Like for the average podcaster to figure out advertising. Oh my God, it's horrible. Well, and what's interesting is if you look at the Pat Flynn's and the John Lee Dumas's, everybody talks about sponsorship, sponsorship. It's, it's like the least amount of money from the big guys. Let's take those two big guys. Their main incomes comes from their products. their consulting. It's like sponsorship is like a tiny drip in the bucket. And you know, Spreaker, now I, I just started looking at Podbean has a marketplace and they have now dynamic ad insertion. I actually have, uh, what podcast did I put up over there? Worst podcast ever, I think, is back a, again and live on Podbean. And, um, um, but the, the CPM on this stuff is just like, for instance, I moved, I moved off of Awesound. It just for me, nice guy. Um, but, I, I just, it was one that I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to look somebody in the eye and go, this is the best place. This is an okay place. Nothing wrong with it. Just for me, it was a little clunky. And um, so I moved over to, I'm like, I don't have an official show on Spreaker. Like I have all my shows over there, but nothing where like Spreaker's the number one place. So I moved uh, the Alexa cast over here and it's interesting because I'm up to $3 and 60 cents in ad revenue. And I looked at it and I saw where I had 64 impressions and I'd made 17 cents. So if you take 17 cents and you divide it by 64 impressions, that's 0.0026. So, you know, basically 0.26 um, cents. 
not even a cent, like 0.2 cents per download. And I was like, that's, that's crap for lack of a better phrase. I was like, that's so, and that's for, and I've listened. It's, it's um, progressive. It's home Depot. You know, it's all the big names, but I was like, well, I'm not even getting a penny for an ad. I was like, you know, so that to me is not, I don't know. It's just one of those. And I have it at, at the, I turned off my pre-roll because originally it was pre-roll and post-roll. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's a little much. It kind of reminds me of those banner exchange days. I don't remember yeah, 97, yeah. 98, you know what I'm talking about? And we were all trying to do a banner ads on our own and, and we were putting them on, Oh, you know, rotating through and all that other stuff. And it never really worked in the industry. And then 2001, 2002 figured out how to do banner ads and, and pretty much game over. Like the average person was done at that right. point. You weren't, you weren't doing anything. Google came along and, and, you know, so much of that just then became just standard. I think we're going to, Dave, I think we're going to find the same thing with both podcasting and with podcast advertising is that somebody's going to come along, some big organization or an organization is going to come on, come on, come along, figure it out. It's going to be wildly popular. It's going to work. They'll dominate. And then, you know, for, for most of us, to, honestly, most of us five, you know, we're doing 500 to 5,000 downloads and that's just not enough in a lot of cases right. for any mass advertising. So I, I, you, you say this all the time. I think we have to continue to focus on those niche, those niche organizations that have great value in using us and using our podcast. We just had uh, it, on Home Gadget Geeks, I just had LastPass on and they've been a big sponsor for me. They've been my primary sponsor yeah. for the last three years. And they come on twice a year and they, they fit perfectly into my ecosystem, right? They, they, they're just good for, for what I do in my audience. And that's the, I think that's a great example of, um, and they, each year they, you know, it's 500 bucks a year and, and they, they come on and do what they need to do. And it works out great. It's a great, good for them. Good for me. Works great. That's it. And it's finding the right sponsor, you know, if that's the way you want to go. Yeah. That, yeah. That fits. Cause then you can charge a little more than point two cents per download. <laughs> well, and like Glenn, the geek says, get out of that down cost per download and get more into the value for the organization and figure out what that, what I was, I, I was meeting with a vendor who I won't, I won't name, but I was meeting with a, a vendor, big, big name. We were talking about it, them sponsoring this meetup and I, I threw out an amount. It wasn't very, wasn't very much, but it was in the hundreds and the, the person I was meeting with said, oh, I think we can do better than that. Like, you know, and all of a sudden it was a, a, a huge realization like, oh, maybe I should be asking for more, Yeah, you know, um, so don't undervalue. Yeah, don't undervalue yourself either. Yeah, it was a good it was it was a really good as we before we even before we even talked about money, I talked about what's the value for them. So, look, here's what we're doing. Here's the audience. Here's the value for you. Here's what I think we can do. And then. um you know, and then we talked <clears throat> and I think this is what we're going to need to be able to pull this off. And that's when she looked at me funny and I thought, oh boy, I asked, I, I shouldn't have asked. Yeah. And she's like, no, I think we can do better than that. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Well, so there's, you know, there's always a lesson. You never know. And you just got to throw it. Eventually you just got to throw out a price and right. kind of see, but you have to ask. Yeah. And I think getting, getting close to those organizations. And then I think Dave, having them on your program is super important. Like you've got to get those sponsors coming on and talking about getting them involved in the podcast. So they understand what's happening. Get them, get them in the chat room, get them talking to people, right? Get, get customer feedback to them. Oh, that reminds me. I had a few emails I got, I couldn't answer. So I need to send those to them. They need to know that your audience is listening and where yeah. they're engaged. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Glenn the Geek, in the movie The Messengers, and this will all tie in together here in a second, um, he said his smallest show is about some sort of bizarre horse. He goes, it's the smallest audience, but it's the most profitable. He goes, because those people love carriage driving or something like that. And I bring up The Messengers because if you're an Amazon Prime person, that's right. You can now watch The Messengers, a podcast documentary on Amazon Prime for free. So Hmm. if you haven't seen it yet, you can go over and... uh, Watch that and and see Glenn the Geek and the whole the whole gang is there. Glenn the Geek, Denicia, Dave Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. So, Dave, I I think the important part of all of that and this engagement idea that we're talking about how you engage, uh, you know, getting getting the right people, getting the right sponsors, whatever that is, is 
you have to be engaged in that process. It's never one and done. You yourself have to be out working your connections, making sure that they feel like they're getting the value that they paid for as well. It's not a money grab. You can't just, you know, take their money and run. You've got to continue to work those relationships and show the value. Otherwise, it will be a one and done. Yeah. You know, uh, so you got to keep showing the value and working with them. That's why it's important they're on the show. They see what's going on. And it's not a big commercial. You know, we we had Amber on on Thursday and uh, worked through, okay, you guys had a pricing change. By the way, they doubled their price. It went from now, double's not a lot from $12 to $24, yeah. right? So, and, and they, they have a new product for their, for family where it's, it's a 50 a year, 48, let's say it's what, it's what it is, 48. And, uh, but you get six premium licenses. So all of a sudden now the premium, uh, which used to be a dollar is now under a dollar if you buy it, you know, if you buy it that way on a monthly basis. And so you, you kind of, but you, you need to let the, you need to let them talk about those things. That's if they're going to come on and you're going to represent who they are. They need to be coming on and, and representing themselves and talking about their product. Not a huge commercial, but an opportunity right. for them to talk about their their product and the and the community ask questions. Nice. Yeah, that's. Uh, I actually had somebody. I did a pre call with a, a company that I thought about bringing on my logical weight loss show, and in the end, she didn't. Well, she wasn't going to bring much to the the table. She was really a programmer and she knew how to run the company. But in terms of, uh, it was a, a, an app that's all about affirmations, you know, which some people think is very, very woo woo. So I did a little research on that and I saw where in some cases that actually can help you because your brain needs something to think about and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of wanted to talk about that. And she was more about the company. I was just like, okay, you know what? You're not coming on the show. Um, she's, she's fine. She's awesome. She loves the fact that I'm talking about her product. But I was like, mm, no. And my, my audience wasn't really asking any questions. They were just kind of like, and most of the ones they had, I'd already, uh, I'd already answered. So, hey, before I forget, because we've been off and on and, and all that stuff, um, I know it's not a new month, but I, I tried to do this a couple weeks ago. And Patreon, Patreon is still, have the page that I want to use doesn't work. So I did send them a uh, an email finally and say, can you guys fix this? Um, so I want to thank all of our, our patrons um, first of all, of course, our $20 reward. That's Max Trescott from aviationnews.com. Uh, Josh Rivers, who's now uh, rebranded to podcastingexperiments.com. And speak of the devil, Glenn the Geek from horseradionetwork.com. Uh, our $10 sponsor is Troy Heinrichs, who just was on the set. He was here a couple weeks ago. Uh, blackestexposed.com. He was on the taping of the 100th episode. Uh, Frank Miller, Jay Cleveland Payne. You can find him at jclevelandpayne.net. Uh, Sean uh, Park from BeYourOwnNerd.com. Uh, Nick Suberling from CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com in the chat room today. Barry Kessler from BarryKessler.com. Uh, Frank Brill and Dale Henninger. Uh, do you know what Michael Ray's website is, Jim? I you? don't know. No, yeah. he's changed it a few times. Yeah. Um, so, Michael, thank you for being a $5 supporter. Uh, Rob Griffiths from Bedtime.fm. Um, Doug Salomon has a new website now, BecomeLimitless.org. Um, Darren Dake from cornertalk.com, uh, Jeff Hallish from podnuts and nuts with a Z.com. Some guy named Jim Collison from the average guy.tv, uh, Joe Taylor, who I got to meet in, uh, Nashville this year on faceedge.com. Mark W. King. His is about distilling venture capital at markwking.com. Um, Cauldron from cauldronscrypt.com and crypt is K R Y P T. Uh, Kale Nelson, who I need to interview, uh, hamradio360.com. He's put that on hiatus um, to spend time with his family. And he sent me an email that basically said, best thing I ever did. Um, Kim Slusher from distractedlifepodcast.com. Jeremy Dennis from Transmissions Podcast at transmissionspodcast.com. Uh, Corey from Ivy Envy. And then down to our $1 sponsors. And yes, $1 does make a difference. Thank you very much to, um, wow, Frasley Sparkspan which is a uh, weeklyawesome.com, weekly podcast to make your week better. Uh, creepykingdom.com. Um, mask me. I know this guy has a website. I've reviewed it, uh, but he didn't send one in. So mask me. Paul Cheel from fightingthroughpodcast.co.uk. Uh, Felix from a website that he didn't give. So Felix um, Montelara. Mike Moody from the Mr. Robot Podcast.com. Jeffrey Keefling from genealogyshowcase.com. 
Garrett Godfrey from crowdfundingchristianmusic.com. Um, Sean from slept in, uh, government class at slept in class.com. I love the name of that show. Uh, Barb from anchor.fm Barb T USA, uh, Alan Palmer, uh, Emily, the one and only Emily Prokop from, uh, the story behind podcast.com. Did uh, you hear her last podcast where she sang the yes, whole, that was, uh, I love freaking amazing. I loved it on a, so many levels because it was so creative Oh my and, God. and I was like, that's something. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, I know. We, we, we listened. Hold on. We listened to that in the car on the way we were going down to Kentucky. And my wife said immediately, she's like, oh, I have to have fill in the blank. Listen to this. That's when when you get that kind of engagement mm-hmm. and you're, you, you know, this is my wife. She's not even a podcast listener. And she listens to that kind of episode and then says she got to share it. That's pretty amazing. So, Emily, nice work. But here's the thing. Emily, how long did that take to do that episode? Oh we'll, we'll come back to that. Let me finish this list real quick. Uh, Gary and Margaret from Kiwi Mana. Actually, here's an easier one. Beekeepingpodcast.com. Uh, David Wilson from Ottawa Works. Um, where'd they go? Uh, Brandon from the SeahawkersPodcast.com. Craig from Inglaeus Podcast. And Josh Liston from TPSGuy.org. Uh, North Omaha History Podcast. Uh, that's Steve Sleeper at Earn.show. And, of course, Cody Sison. So thanks to everybody for supporting the show. My apologies. It's been taking so long to, and I did that last night. I had to go to Patreon and take everybody and manually put them into an Excel sheet. That's a huge list. I was thinking about a year or so ago when it was five people and wait a minute, you have a $20 plan. Like, uh, like I'm going to have to up my game. Like if I'm on the $5 list, (laughs) holy moly, but I need to go over today because I think if you do 10, your name's on the website. If you're in 20, you get mentioned in every episode. So I Man. have to go back. And well, I get mentioned in every episode anyways, but um, still, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize we had $20 plans. Yeah. So Emily did this episode. It was her hundredth episode and she sang it, which was amazing. And she says it probably took two hours to record and edit, but four days to write the lyrics and learn it well enough. Yeah. So here's the thing, four days, but what happened? She created content that people were like, you got to, this is, this is not the norm. This is, whoa, check this out. So that's one of those things where, Again, to me, content that inspires your audience to tell somebody else usually isn't improv. You know, um, I've been, I, I still do the podcast rodeo show and I'm still amazed at how many people start off the show without a clue of what they're going to talk about. And it just, and then they talk about the fact that they don't know what they're going to talk about. And I'm like, this is not a good way to start the show. It's just not. <laughs> Have so, a plan. Have a, have some semblance of a plan. You know, we've talked about that before. Have some structure that you can that you can work with. Yeah, um, Jim. I have said. Now, this is just my opinion. This is not officially um, a thing, but uh, I have said in the past the number one killer of podcasts are babies. Um, I think I have a number two. This is not my new opinion because I've seen it happen now a couple times, and it just kills me when I see this happen. What do you think the number two reason? that stops people from podcasting money, money, money. See, that might be part of job. I'm, I'm seeing this. Yeah. And, and tell me what you think of this. Yeah. Comparing your podcast to other podcasts. Uh, yeah. Yep. Cause I've seen people that are like, literally they're like, this is awesome. I can't believe people are listening to me. This is so much fun. I did it. And then they'll look at somebody else. Like, let's say I do, I don't know the Dave Jackson show. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 80 people are listening to me every week. I can't believe it. And then I'm on a Facebook group and there's Dave Johnson and he does the Dave Johnson show. And I go over and Dave Johnson is getting 400 downloads an episode. And I'm like, oh, I suck. I'm not going to do this anymore. Forget about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like literally 10 minutes ago, you were on like cloud nine and you compared yourself to somebody else. And now it's not fun anymore. And I'm like, oh, but you were like, that was, I just saw you. You were like, so that, that kills me when I see people do that. And I see I just saw a post this morning. It was like, how many downloads do you get like within the first 24 hours? You know, and it was something like 10 to 20. And then there was some like a thousand plus. And I'm like, well, that's not really fair because again, if you're doing a show that's hyper niche, you're never going to get a thousand downloads in the first day. It's just not, you know, I could be wrong, but if you're doing, you know, a purple pig, pygmy racing no, that's just not going to happen. And so it's not, and I'm sure somebody's going to look at that and go, look at all the people that get a thousand downloads within the first 24 hours. And I got 62 and I'm like, oh, that's just, I hate that kind of stuff. So, but 
I, I have noticed an uptick in people in the Facebook group saying, I'm tired of not getting any downloads. I've done all the things you guys have said, and it's still not happening. There is an element, I think, Dave, and we, we've said this before, but there's an element of luck to what we're doing here. You got you to gotta work hard. You have to have great material. You have to do all the things to get new and noteworthy. Hang with me on that. Okay. You, gotta, you don't have to be a new and noteworthy, but you got to do those things. All those great things you do to get there, you still want to do all those things, right? And then you need a little luck. And, you know, it's just, you know, the history of business is just littered with these ideas of, you know, why was, you know, X so famous or so popular? Why did Jeff Bezos, why did Amazon become what it is today? Right. There was a day when Amazon was not what it is today and something broke just right for him. And Amazon is now what it is. Now we can only have one Amazon. And there were hundreds of companies that tried. Trust me, in those days, we're talking 96, 97, 98, early days of the internet, early days of selling. I remember we used to get coupons from Amazon for like 20 bucks off. They were just begging us to use them, yeah, right? Exactly. And, and I remember some of those early Christmases when it was like we, we were proud of ourselves because we bought half of our Christmas gifts on online, right? Yeah. And there were tons of on time, online retailers. And only a few survived. You, you, you need a break. And, and if you don't get the break and your numbers are low, you have to make that decision. Do I keep going with low numbers? Do I continue to be a small storefront in a little town or do I, do I close up shop? And, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong, Dave, with saying, Hey, it didn't work. I'm going to try something different or it didn't work. I'm going to stop doing this. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And not everybody's going to be big. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was talking earlier about um, Kale Nelson. He emailed me and said, like, how do I put my show on pause? I'm like, well, on Libsyn, download to the $5 plan. I said, that'll keep your files live and and this and that. But he had gone to a sponsor and basically asked for a raise because his numbers had grown. And they went, no. And he's a homeschooler. So he's he's the guy that, that does apparently a lot of the homework with the kids. And, you know, that's a job. And then he was doing this thing and he, he goes, look, I still like ham radios and I still play with my hobby. He goes, but it, it was becoming a strain between family and this thing. And he says, I was kind of stressing out over content. And he goes, I just said, all right, I'm just going to step back. And he says, uh, that's why I got to have him on the show. But he was saying, you know, the, it's, it's paid off more than the money he was getting from his sponsors because his family's happier. His kids are happier. He has less stress in his life. And he's like, should have done this earlier. You know, yeah. he goes, and that doesn't mean I wasn't having fun podcasting. He goes, but there are pros and cons to each. And he just was like, you know what? You, you can step away and, and you know, nobody will punch you in the face. Yeah. So, um, I, I got some financial advice from a buddy one time. I was asking, you know, do I, I had some money that was set aside for something. And I said, should I cash that out and pay off my debt? Or should I leave that money in there because it's got some potential to be, you know, big money in the future? And he right. said, his advice to me was, Jim, what helps you sleep at night? Mm-hmm. Not the advice I was expecting. Like I was expecting some, you know, Wall Street. Well, right. And he was like, hey, how can you, you know, how, what, what helps you best sleep at night? I think sometimes in our podcasting, if we're, if it's causing family issues, if yeah. it's causing tension, if you're not sleeping over it, if you're getting angry about it, they, that might be some things. There's probably a checklist in there that Daniel will come up with <laughs> that, that says, you know, you might, you should probably stop podcasting. Yeah, there you go, Daniel. There's your next, there's a, there's a show idea. Free of charge, yeah. You should stop. He's probably already done it, to be honest. Uh, you should stop podcasting. If I think you got to go through that checklist. And Dave, I think one of those is, um, is, is it causing problems? Right? Are your relationships worse now than they were before you started? Because if they are, there's something about a quality of life. And if it's not all blending in, maybe you should, you know, maybe you should consider. One of the things you said a, a minute ago uh, was about, you know, reducing your plan down to the $5 so they stay around and some of those things. One of the things this weekend, so my father-in-law passed away last weekend. We were down in Kentucky for a whole week. And when family members pass away, you start thinking about your own death, right? Your own oh, demise. Geez. Right. You, I, I've had all these thoughts about a will and about life insurance and, you know, all these things that, that you think about. But as podcasters, we also have to think 
can someone else get to my stuff if something were to happen to me? Because if the Lipson bill doesn't get paid, Lipson will shut you off and those files will go away, right? It's going to happen unless someone's paying for that. Do you, have you thought, we, we, a lot of podcasters I hear do these things off legacy, like, oh, I want to build a legacy, right? And so I want, well, are your files someplace like on archive.org, which is the right place for them to be for this kind of thing, right? right? Hopefully they have the best chance of surviving there for free. Are you posting them over there as well? So that uh, in, in, the, in the event you shut off, um, does your podcast just immediately go away? So we talk about disaster recovery and we talk about backup and backing up your files. But man, you need to, you need to have a plan. If something's to happen in writing somewhere, LastPass is great for this because you can share some of your, uh, you can share an emergency contact information with someone and if something does happen to you, they can log into your LastPass account and at least get your passwords for stuff, which is great. Right. That got me thinking too, is your podcast covered? Do you have a plan for your demise for your podcast? I know that's morbid, guys. I know that's like, oh, geez. Yeah. But it's it happens. Now, my father-in-law didn't have a podcast, but it got me thinking, am I set? Am I set for the for my demise? And can people get to my stuff? And can it end gracefully, I guess is what I'm saying. So I I think people have to think about that. I need to record an episode. If you're listening to this, I'm dead. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because um, I know Daniel has a file. Uh, Randy Cantrell says he's got one. Um, I need one like the, the, Hey, I'm dead file, you know, and what's hilarious my brother and I were talking about this. I think my brother has a will. I don't have anything at this point. I really need to. Cause I mean, am I getting any younger? Uh, and we both said it will be on the left side of the closet because my dad put his, all his stuff in the left side of the closet. And the hilarious thing of course, is my dad had dementia. So every time we would go to his house, he would remind us where the will was. We're like, yeah, it's still there from the last time we were there. Dad. We know. <laughs> Cause it was kind well, of fun. But- but you got to think through these things and you just, yeah. you, you, you never know. It's, it's always in the situations where, oh, we never talked about this or whatever. I, so many of us have created so much great stuff that could just go away in a couple months. If people don't know how to get access to your stuff or how to keep it, how to leave it turned on or how to get it migrated or actually, Dave, there's a service right there from if you want to provide right. something no one's doing is an after the event service where you grab somebody's RSS feed and move it somewhere with all the information. So their legacy can live on that stuff's important. And uh, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. Uh, Nobody (laughs) likes to think about this stuff, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it did, by the way, a hundred percent of us, this will happen to a hundred percent of us. Yeah. So I felt so bad. I, uh, when I first started working at Libsyn, I was contacted by the, uh, um, what do you call it? If you're Jim, if you die, you're, you're a widow. Oh, right. I was contacted by a widow and she said, you know, he had a podcast about four years ago. Do you have the files? And I'm, I'm thinking, mm, I bet we don't. And sure enough, and I'm contacting the, the Uber developers. I'm like, do we have a trash can somewhere on a server? And they're like, no. Yeah. It's, it was, so I felt so bad. So there's a, a really cool feature in, in Hindenburg journalist that allows you to directly upload to Libsyn and Blueberry. The bad news is you then do not have a local copy of your file because it didn't save it here and then publish it. It just puts it right into the cloud. So I always tell people that's a cool feature. And I would use that right after I said, save a copy on my computer or Dropbox or wherever you're throwing it. Cause that's the only downside of that is, is if you then cancel your Libsyn or Blueberry or Podbean or whoever, I always tell people, those companies are a lot like the electric company. When you don't pay the electric bill, they turn off the electricity. Well, if you don't pay your hosting bill, they turn off the hosting. And with Libsyn, when you delete something, it is gone forever. So, uh, yeah. And I think for most providers, it's gone forever. Yeah. You stop paying your GoDaddy or whatever, whoever you're hosting through, yeah. that site comes down, guys. And it, it may live on wait the Wayback Machine for a while, right. but that's not really a site. And, so think through those things. Do some estate planning. And when you're thinking through your will and when you're thinking through your, you know, all those things that have to happen, you need to have a plan. Uh, and not to pimp LastPass, but they have thought through all of this. It was just such t- so timely that I would have her on. We talked right. about it. In the, you know, because, you, you th- again, when a family member passes, you really start thinking about this stuff. 
in, you know, they have a great solution to be able to share all those username and password and you can put credit card and banking information that's encrypted and locked up in there that nobody has access to until it's emergency information. Basically, the way that emergency things works is you give them access. They request the access and that they, they send me the email. And if I don't respond to that email in 48 hours, it, it basically unlocks the, you know, like, because then I won't be, you know, right. be here. Right. So um, it's a it's a great way. To, yeah, it's just a great way to make sure everything's taken care of. Think through it. I mean, it, it, it again, not morbidly, but it does happen to all of us. Um, spend some time thinking through your podcast plan and to say, okay, tomorrow I'm no longer here. And by the way, it's always, it's almost always a surprise. Not always. Sometimes it, you know, sometimes it happens and we know it's going to happen. But in a lot of times it's a surprise. We don't know it's going to happen. Well, it's interesting on the way home from um, DC PodFest, I met Sam, I forget her last name. She's this, this adorable, fresh out of college, um, this is what's driving me nuts lately, which, which will bring up to another thing, uh, a journalism degree. And she did a show called good grief and she was doing a show. She did a presentation on how to do a, um, you know, kind of a serial show. And she goes, I'm not really sure how I, how I promote my show. She goes, it's about, um, a show I've recorded. I started it a week after my father died and it turned out that, uh, he had a second family and, and two children. And she goes, of which I was one. And I'm like, done. I go, just stop right there. That's how you promote your show. And so I, of course, binge listened to all of them on the way home. And then I met uh, Darwin Dave, who's a, a friend of the show. And he does a show dealing with my grief. So all the way home, I'm I'm listening to death. And I was like, I got home and I was like, okay, this is uh I need something to cheer. Uh, yeah, me up. I need some. I, I I smell of building a better Dave coming on because it was like, wow, this is a lot of thought uh, about that. But it's important, Dave. Yeah. I think I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to think of, but you know, it does happen. So we, I think we have to. The the more we plan, the better. Um, I, I said this on the in the post show. Just this isn't podcasting related, but let me just say this really quick. That you know, one of the things I realized in the event of my demise is that it, there's never enough money to get everybody there to the funeral, right? This right. happens to everybody. Like we got people all over the country. People want to come. It gets expensive. It's always last minute. Tickets are always super expensive. And I, this, as I was going through this, I thought, you know, in, in, for both my wife and my kids and for me in that event, I'm going to have some life insurance. Cause that's when it kicks in, right? That's when life insurance kicks in. It's when you die. Um, that's just set aside for travel and for, for hotels and for food. Like nobody, I know neighbors bring food and all that stuff, right. but how great would it be to just have some money to say, just get on it, get on a plane. We'll cover it. Stay in this hotel. We'll cover it. And then have every meal catered for the family. You, you, you talk about removing stress out of people's lives during one of the most stressful events ever. Yeah. Uh, it just, for me, it was just became really, really clear that I need to have specific funds set aside uh, not only for just the burial, but, or whatever you do, but for that travel for family, how great would that be? Because the funeral is not for the dead, it's for the living. Right. So how great would that be to have those, those plans set aside in advance to just say, here's the funds, do this, make sure everybody who wants to be there is there. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I like the George Carlin funeral. He said he wanted to be shot out of a cannon. He's like, you know, uh, he said, take my ashes and, and put it in a can. And it's like, just there he goes. God love him. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm uh, all for that. Well, and uh, Joe says he's going to Skype his funeral. That uh, or that maybe he was responding to me. Um, yeah, maybe live stream, uh, live go. stream it or I that's the final. That. Maybe that's the some instructions yeah. on that. Your funeral is your final podcast. <laughs> yeah. Don't play don't any. Know. Don't play any unlicensed music. So sorry. I have to find some pod safe music that's, you know. Oh, uh, that's true. As long as you, well, it's a, it's okay as long as you don't put it on YouTube. That's right. Exactly. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cannon shot. <laughs> yeah. There he goes. Um, God love him. Well, yeah. I love George Carlin. Uh, well, hey, let's move on to a, a less. <laughs> I, it's a good topic. It is a good topic. With you. It's, it's one of those kinds of things that. Uh, it's good to talk about, man. Have that, have that thing planned and have it planned from a podcast perspective. So let's move on. Yeah. Um, this is from a Facebook group. I was out scouring them this morning uh, from Tom Hefner. It says, I launched a podcast last month. Well, first of all, congratulations on that. And, and it's been going great. But I'm also interested in how guest podcasting on other people's shows 
to share my knowledge experience. What are the, some, what are some of the best ways to find these opportunities? So I would, you know, there's, um, I would start off with Google. Like, let's say I was, uh, I don't know, um, fly fishing podcast. Well, I would Google the phrase fly fishing podcast and see what other shows are out there talking about that. Another great resource is, um, podcast. I have to remember if it's podcasting or pod, I think it's podcasting guest.com. Silly me. I should have looked this up. It's not podcasting guests, podcast guests. Maybe I know there's a, it's free podcast. No. All right. I'll have to go over great show prep, Dave. Um, well, we are doing this on the fly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, but I know there are a couple where you can go over. There's uh, one, it's a radio list that um, you can look into. Here we go. Guest booking. Uh, interview connections is one. Help a reporter is one um, at uh, that is free that they send you a list of all these reporters that are looking for uh, different people. That's at help a reporter.com. Another one very similar that lists people that are looking for uh, people that fit a certain, you know, Hey, we're looking for fly fishermen. That is at, um, he said, clicking the link, how to get radio interviews.com. No, that's not it. That's their book. Radio guest list.com is uh, the one. And I cannot find, I'm on my website, podcasting resources.com. And here it is, podcastguests.com. So no S on the podcast, just podcast guest with an S.com. And uh, that is a, basically, um, he's really grown that from, from scratch to where I think it used to be um, a, just an Excel spreadsheet. And I think he's kind of built it up since then, but he's, yeah, I see now over at podcastguest.com, he's got a directory of folks, um, how you can get listed. Uh, ah, that's it. He's monetized it. This used to be free. Um, he still sends out a list of everybody. Um, but for $9 a month, you get your own online one pager profile listed in, in your guest directory, mobile friendly profile for $29 a month. You can link up to three website listed in two categories. So if you're looking for $30 a month, the other places that are, will find you like they'll put you on a podcast. Those are not cheap. Uh, the um, podcast connections, things of that, like you're looking at, you know, thousands of dollars a month in some cases to get on like five or six interviews a month. And it depends on, you know, how niche your show is that might be worth it. But uh, that's interesting. I haven't been over in a while. Podcastguests.com. And I knew he had to monetize it because when you start having an email list with thousands of people on it, eventually you're going to have to pay for that. Uh, MailChimp will not go, you know, eventually you have to pay for MailChimp it, or wherever he's using. Is it 2000 at MailChimp uh, before you have to start paying? I think it is. I think it's 2000 there. MailChimp. Let's find out, shall we? Uh, pricing says free forever. Uh, no design, no coding experience. Easy. Up to 2000 subscribers and 12,000 yeah. emails per month. Yep. Yeah. So, and 2000 is a lot. If you're just a general person, it, it can good, good enough. Yeah. I think good enough for most people. And if, if you, if your list is over 2000, you should be figuring out ways to monetize that list. So you can pay for the pay for that. Cause it's with 2000 people, you've, there's some, there's some easy, I should say, easy, but there are some monetization options options yeah. for you on that list to help pay for it. That'll definitely help you uh, pay for that. Joe Taylor says interview valet.com. Um, I forget that guy's name, but he's super, positive and friendly. Um, and I was, it's a weird name that you can mispronounce um, that. And that's the whole thing that this is the new thing for me when I can't remember stuff. Now going back to the death and grief thing, um, my grandma, my dad's mom had Alzheimer's. My dad had Alzheimer's. So now when I can't remember stuff and it's probably because I'm hopped up on Mucinex and Sudafed and everything else, I now am panicking like, Oh my God, do I have Alzheimer's because I can't remember that guy's name. Um, Tom Schwab. Yes. Aaron. There he goes. A, Aaron, a, a, whatever Aaron Walker's name is. Um, that's the guy's name. I can't remember, but, uh, Jim, what is coming up on, uh, the average guy.tv? Yeah. Over at home gadget geek. So like I mentioned, we just had Amber from last pass. So if you want some more info on that, I'll be publishing that sometime today. So this weekend 
it'll be out. And then a big drone show coming up in a couple of weeks. We're taking time off for Thanksgivings. So happy Thanksgiving to those here in the United States. We're thankful for all of you. I think my Thanksgiving show is actually going to be just me reading my Patreon subscribers as go. a thank you to them for doing that. Maybe just a big thank you show. So that's what's going on. Nice. Uh, for me, last week I started having your, where your guest is your target customer. And I actually interviewed Doug, who's got a, an interesting way of, he actually makes his guests uh, subscribe, download, and get leave a five-star review. And I was kind of like, hmm, not sure if I under, mm, you know. And I had him on to, and kind of said, what about people that think that's kind of, you know, greasy? And he explains why. So uh, we had a dialogue, and I'm going to let you decide if it's greasy or not. Uh, but it was uh, a little different, and that's coming up on this week's uh, School of Podcasting. So thanks to everybody for coming out. We're here every Saturday. Ask the podcast coach.com slash live. Stick around for some post show. Mm-hmm.